The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Identity theft protection starts here. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in Radioland. Welcome to CC with BB. Connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. That's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through X-Zone Broadcast Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. One of the most important questions for modern science and all humanity is the question of the relationship between mind and brain. Does brain produce consciousness, or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? I am a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and with psychotherapy. I work in both the mind and the brain. You will need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Synchronicity spoken here. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. In other words, coincidences alert us to possible causal connections not recognized by modern science. Try putting the phrase connecting with coincidence in your search engine and you will find my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. And would you like to know how sensitive to coincidences you are? Take the Weird Coincidence Survey on my website. Today we will be talking with John Townley. Among many of John's capabilities and experiences and knowledge bases is his knowledge of Paul Kammerer, a relatively obscure biologist from Vienna, born in 1880, died in 1926, who has an important place in the history of the development of our understanding of coincidences and synchronicity. Paul Kammerer has an interesting history, one that I think we will be talking about with John, especially in relationship to Carl Jung's ideas about synchronicity. Kammerer spent hours sitting on benches in various public parks in Vienna noting repetitions among the people who passed by. He classified them by sex, age, dress, whether they carried umbrellas or parcels, and by many other details. He did the same during the long train rides from his home to his office in Vienna and tried to understand not particularly the meaning of some of these coincidences, but only the fact that they were repeated. He studied repeated sequences of numbers, names, words, and letters. Two examples can illustrate this thinking. His wife was in a waiting room reading about a painter named Schwalbach when a patient named Mrs. Schwalbach was called into the consulting room. A second example involved his friend Prince Rohan. On the train, His wife was reading a novel with a character called Mrs. Rohan. 
she then saw a man get on the train who looked like Prince Rohan. And later that night, the prince himself unexpectedly dropped by their house for a visit. These are not uncommon coincidences, but Kammerer was trying to do something with them, trying to consider the possibility of their origin. He defined these coincidences as seriality, which he, which he defined as a recurrence of the same or similar things or events in time and space. But are, they are not connected by the same acting cause. To him, these repetitions were simply natural phenomena that he wanted to find an explanation for. He thought these similarities were part of the structure of natural law. And in, and in his 1990 book, 1919 book, Das Gesetz der Siri, The Law of Seriality, he outlined what he thought these laws might be, along with a broad classification of their types and qualities. He got into a lot of detail in classifying these serial coincidences. Well, what does Kammerer have to do with Carl Jung? You could see from what I said earlier that these events, these series were not connected by the same acting cause. There was something else behind them. And what Kammerer attempted to do was develop an explanation based on the physics of his time. Remember, this was the early 1900s, and physics has not developed the way it is now. Our guest, John Townley, has taken up the mantle of the question that Kammerer was asking himself and asking in his book and tried to make better sense of these series and try to be able to make more clear explanations for how they happen. John did a remarkable thing in trying to translate uh, the German into English. And we will be talking in our next segment about this major undertaking. What is it that made John Townley and his colleague try to understand this book and to expand its ideas because he saw something in them that's very important. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. The only radio show in the world focused on the study of coincidences. And we have as our guest today, John Townley, who has taken up the mantle of Paul Kammerer in the study of seriality as a subset and a reflection of major ideas about how coincidences work. Welcome to the program, John. Hey, thanks, Bernie. Pleasure to have you here. Delighted. Now, I, I, I've read some, uh, not all, of your translation uh, of the Das Gesetz der Syria. And why? what drove you to undertake this major work, this the translation? Uh, well, you could say underlying it, perhaps, there's a piece of seriality involved in that uh, actually Paul Cameron and I share the same birthday, August 17th. Uh, but that might be, in his words, an uh, underlying piece that uh, you wouldn't have noticed until later, which, of course, I didn't either. Uh, actually, what uh, got me to thinking about it, I had had back in the 19, late 60s uh, a couple of very intense visions that showed how science and religion and so on and so forth all, were, in fact, one piece of un- united piece of uh, physical reality. Uh, and uh, and I was sort of on a quest uh, to find out, you know, how to articulate that. Uh, and I was in the business uh, at that point of uh, of I just bec- gone from the music business into the astrology business uh, and becoming a, t- uh, a a technical astrologer, more of a theoretical one, which is what I am today. Uh, and I found that uh, and the you, and person you, and, and you have a a blog called Astro Cocktail. Yeah, it's a, a my my website. Yeah, it says regular articles and so on and so forth. We don't have a, a daily blog on it. Okay, but it's, it's uh, your yeah. website. Yeah. Uh, so so that's that's what you do. That's your major occupation now. Right now, yeah. Uh, okay, and, please, uh, please please go back. I'm sorry I didn't interrupt. I wanted to make sure our, our listeners knew that you had this website that's quite useful. Yeah. Um, uh, please continue about how you got involved with Paul Kammerer. Sure. Uh, I had read uh, uh, at that time when it was because that was when it came out the, in the middle to late sixties. Uh, the Ar- Arthur Kessler's uh, "The Roots of Coincidence," and he mentioned Paul Kammerer there. Yes. And in his description of that, I said to myself, "Here's somebody that if I could ever get hold of what he said, is really onto onto the approach that I wanted to do, which was that this is not 
these are not artifacts of the imagination. These are not part of another spiritual world interfering with us. These are not artifacts of uh, demented brains. Uh, uh, these are just manifestations of reality that we don't see clearly enough to uh, identify them as such, that they're, they're part of the rest of the laws of nature. And that was had been my concept to begin with, and here's someone who had done it all and written a whole book about it called Das Gazette's the series. Uh, and uh, uh, so it wasn't until uh, Kessler wrote the, uh, the Midwife Toad, which was his short biography of Kammerer, that I found out a lot more about Kammerer, but still it was not translated. So you really couldn't, all you could address was Kessler's version of whom, yes. He, yes. Who, whom he thought uh, Kammerer was, which was kind of uh, put through the lens of Jung, which yes. is the wrong lens to put it through. Uh, and, well, uh, he, he was kind of skeptical of Jung, too, um, I think. But I would felt the same as you as uh, reading about the midwife toad and the roots of coincidence, that there had to be some way to get to Paul Kammerer, and you were the way I could get there. Right. Well, that was, that was it. And here, here he was with his major book, and it was all in German. Uh, and it wasn't, and and you couldn't get one at that point. I mean, this wasn't the days of the internet when you could just get practically anything that's been published out of co uh, copyright just in your lap. And finally, I was dealing for other reasons in astrology with a uh, a couple of uh, Robert Robert Schmidt and Ellen Black, uh, and she found out that she could get this on a library loan, and he knew enough German to translate it. At that time, he was a uh, uh, his major endeavor was uh, theoretical algebra, history of algebra. Uh, he was at St. John's University, and uh, and that was what he was writing about was math, history of mathematics. Uh, and he said this would be fascinating. Let's look at it. And he was able to translate it. And together we looked at the ideas and tried to put them not both in context of the time, which was right that right you know it's 1919, the same time as. Uh, uh, um, uh, Einstein's second uh, theory came out, uh, and uh, it was a time of changing from basically Newtonian views of the world to uh, uh, to Einsteinian, but not yet quantum, uh, all of which people t tend to have stirred into the pot now, which from Kammerer's point of view they weren't available. So he was yes. looking at physicists like Boltzmann and other, you know, and uh uh, actually, uh, uh, Poincaré uh, and various other folks from that period who were doing advanced studies in how mathematical series happened uh, uh, in f in fluids, in uh, uh, in, uh, in other branches that had of the of physics that had mathematical direct mathematical measurement and application. Uh, so. He f Would you define a mathematical series just briefly, please? Well, uh, he doesn't define it exactly as we would define it. We consider a series to be three or more. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's been a, that's uh, been a problem. Yes. And uh, in fact, if you you know read Cameron, most of his you know all his best series are three or more, uh, but he'll take two. Because he <laughs> he he thinks that any two things, like a, a straight line, is two points. Uh, is it's all it takes. He he figures that you know, if there's two, there's probably a third, uh, and at least it's worth investigating. Uh, and that's why he does that. Uh, if two things happen and you notice them, and they were out of the ordinary, uh, then maybe you had something here you're noticing that uh, is sort of coming in from left field, and you should take a second look. And this is what an animal does. This is what your normal span of attention does. You see something out of the corner of your eye, and you look. Up, it's nothing. Or, oh, my God, that's the lion that's coming to eat me. Uh, and the people who had good peripheral vision reproduced, and the people who didn't or didn't pay attention to it didn't. And that's how partially how we're here today. So there's an absolute evolutionary context in this. Uh, and, of course, Kammerer was in was that was his whole life. This uh, explore, exploration of seriality was a new thing for him. He was a biologist and a sort of the last of the Lamarckian biologists, and that's what got him into trouble 
because he could find things that you did uh, to an animal uh, and it would reproduce and those characteristics would turn up again. And according to Darwinian uh, theory at the time, uh, that was not possible. Uh, and he was run out of town because of it. They claimed that he uh, falsified an experiment and so on and so forth. Uh, but in just, fact, just, now just, we just, just now we be... realize that what he discovered was epigenetics, and he's now called the father of epigenetics. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Which means that if something happens to the mother or a parent, that can be transmitted somehow to the child, and that was That's not true. thought of. And the old experiment was chop off the rat's tail and the mother's tail, and the and the little one should have a chopped right. off tail too. That's a little bit gross. But now exactly. epi now epigenetics is showing that you changes in the mother's genetic pool will by environment will influence the uh, the offspring and that's an important discovery that he was onto for which he was run out of town and perhaps murdered or suicide that's another yes, question that's the worst of it that's, that's the worst of it i mean it ruined his life and maybe he committed suicide and maybe he was murdered there was very suspicious circumstances under which his supposed suicide happened yes yes so that's how you got into it um mm -hmm. uh what are some of the similarities and differences between um, Kammerer's views and Jung? Because Jung mentions Kammerer in his uh, very popular monogram about synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that uh, Jung, it was how they were looking to explain this stuff. I mean, both of them recognized that these things happened and that there had to be an explanation for them. I mean, there's an explanation for everything. Uh, but uh, they looked for different kinds of explanations. And uh, to a certain extent, Jung was hemmed in by uh, his own scientific community and what was acceptable at the time. Uh, because people had locked so thoroughly into Darwinianism and they had Darwinism and they'd gone into uh, a whole different set of explaining things in the, in the world of physics that he really couldn't go there and say, oh, it was, you know, it's just reality, which is what Cameron said. Cameron said that there's nothing, there's nothing uh, spiritual or uh, it's about the imagination. Nobody's doing this because of things that are internal that are externalizing. These are real things on the outside, and you're noticing them. Jung couldn't do that because that, the science of the time just wouldn't, did not accept it, and therefore he couldn't really go there. So, but he proposed was things like uh, uh, things a, that were uh, a well, causal, you, you, a, a causal connecting principle. Right now, a causal connection is a is a contradiction in terms of, of the connection. It's it's not a causal, <laughs> so, and that kind of thinking. The only way you could do it is magical thinking, basically, that there was something uh, that was in, in the soul or the, the, the over-soul or the, uh, some kind of uh, things that were manifesting from within your genetic upbringing, which were uh, you know, father images or mother images or you know, uh, various other socially imposed uh, images uh, that were then uh, coming to the fore. It was kind of a reworking of uh, uh, of what Freud had done, but he had done it with sexual stuff. He said, "Well, this is suppressed sexuality," and what Jung was saying, "Well, this is really suppressed, you know, whatever the other one version of that is, which is uh, 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 archetypes." Ar archetypes, yes. Yeah, uh, and. He was just proposing that there were archetypes. There's no proof of archetypes. You can't find an archetype. You can't measure one. Uh, it was simply made up. Uh, and as a potential thought theory to explain something that uh, that there was no way of directly going and uh, measuring it as if it were a physical reality. Camera always thought it was a physical reality. Uh, and... Uh, and that you, you know, they didn't have what was necessary to measure it, but they could at least make up some ideas of how physics might be stretched uh, in in, a, in theory to uh, to accommodate this and point you in the right direction. And that's really what he did. He came up with several different concepts: uh, seriality being the overview of it, and then an attraction hypothesis, an imitation hypothesis. 
uh, and uh, that basically uh, when you went later later developments took those very things uh, imitation and attraction and whatnot and it sort of devolved or evolved into chaos theory uh, where you well, find let, things these, you know. we're getting uh, getting near the end of this this segment uh, John uh, mm -hmm. and much of what you just said is highly condensed information uh, for most of us uh, listening to you uh, there's, there's, a, there's the evolution into chaos theory something that uh, will be very interesting to me but we need to be able to define some of the terms as we're as we move along sure and, go ahead and one of the one of the problems that um, I think we might have is might, might get around is uh, giving some examples as well as recognizing uh, your perspective as mm -hmm. these things are out there so we'll get right. back to the explanations in our next segment sounds good Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. 
Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is John Townley, uh, an expert on Paul Kammerer's views of seriality, uh, what I call a subset of coincidences. Uh, and we are talking about the theories uh, that Kammerer and John have developed in trying to understand how coincidences take place. These are based in modern science and the science of, of Kammerer, who, who was starting to write, who wrote his book in 1919 when physics was transmuting itself from Newtonian thinking to Einsteinian thinking. And now we have quantum physics and we have other things like chaos theory, which we're probably going to get to here as we try to understand what Kammerer and John think are the origins uh, of, of coincidences in this way. But before we get to that, John, uh, what, about some, what about one of your own um, coincidences? Uh, let's look at that and maybe look at it from a Kammerer's perspective as well. Sure. Uh, my life has been, as yours has been, filled with interesting, as everybody's is actually, when they look fairly closely, everybody runs into saying some amazing things that how could that have happened at the same time as that, that I can't see any way. Uh, you've, uh, uh, my strongest example in my life was when I was uh, living uh, in, the, doing the, in the recording business, living in New York City. Uh, I woke up uh, one morning at six o'clock in the morning and I had a very upsetting dream that I was in my coconut grove home where my parents still lived down in Flor South Florida and that I had just gotten up and I went to the bathroom there which we shared the two my parents bedroom and mine uh, and I urinated blood and I was very upset about it in your dream uh, in my dream right and then I thought nothing of that uh, uh, particularly, it just was a weird dream. You know, who, who would ever think of it? I'd certainly never dreamed about that before and never have since. Uh, and then I talked to my mom uh, that, that, day. That, e that very evening, and, he, and she said, well, uh, your dad just went to the doctor today. He, he was worried because at 6 a.m. exactly, he woke up and he went and urinated blood. And I thought to myself, wow, now that is weird. Now that... Uh, uh, that's statistically beyond all possibilities. So obviously, there was some connection there. Now, what that connection was, I don't know. Well, let's uh, let's but, let's let's look at it through a couple of different lenses. Um, mm -hmm. I call that the, a version of simulpathy. Uh, mm -hmm. I had an, ex an experience uh, in which uh, I was choking uncontrollably and mm -hmm. 3,000 miles away at the same time, my father was choking on his own blood and dying right. of that. Uh, and there are lots of stories that uh, are parallel to our two stories. Uh, from what you said earlier about Kammerer's um, view, there should be a third version. If there are two, there's going to be three. Now, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to be finding a third version of that. I think this is a pair that's not going to find a third. But according to the, what you were suggesting about Kammerer, he would be looking for a third. He would be looking for a third, uh, or he would be looking for a system that involved those two, and that's where the critical thing, and this introduces you to, to his, his way of thinking, uh, in that he, looked at, he would look at a parent-child family in general uh, set of relationships and goings-on as an ongoing system that had its own momentum. Uh, and that it developed individually and separately, but as uh, but it kept within communication with itself. So it was, in fact, a 
uh, a robust system uh, itself. Uh, let me give you an example that would actually probably suit this. Uh, imagine that a, uh, a a bunch of golfers are out, you know, in, on a golf course, uh, and they're all in their little separate golf carts, uh, and uh, one of those golf carts accidentally f drives into a sand trap. Bang! It stops. Now, if that were a single incident, that would be all that happened. You have the physical encounter with the sand trap, you stopped, and that would be the end of it. But in fact, all of the golf carts then stop until they free that one golf cart, and then they go on again together. So what you have is in a larger system of which one segment of it uh, was impacted, the entire system reverberated picked itself up, restructured itself back to its normal condition, uh, and then went on, uh, proceeded on accordingly. And Kammer would look at those two incidents as part of a reverberating system uh, that had its own robustness uh, and would keep on going until something really traumatic went to destroy the system itself and, and disperse it too much to reconstruct itself. Uh, such as all the people dying in it, or enough to people so they, they uh, couldn't communicate with each other. Uh, I, understand, so I understand the visual of what you just described. Uh, you have some rules about the system having to be so inter interdependent that one uh, movement and strange movement or stop of one would influence the others. I'd still li I'd like to see how you... Um, Apply that to the the bleeding uh, uh, dream uh, and your father. Well, we don't know, and this is part part of. There's nothing in Cameron's work that says there isn't actual transmission across distances. That uh, I mean, you if you were imagining. Uh, the golf carts, for instance, uh, suppose they were out of sight of each other and only in contact with radio, through radio, you would have to say, well, there's no possible way they could be in contact because if you don't have a radio, you don't know. Uh, so it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't, it's inclusive of such things as telekinesis uh, uh, and uh, other things that might be involved in the uh, actual hands-on explanation of a single part of an event, but he would say also that that was part of a larger uh, uh, system at the time. I think, uh, that's so a, I think that's a very good way of thinking. Um, it's sometimes hard for people looking at their own coincidences to notice that when there's somebody else involved, that it also has meaning for the person on the other end of the coincidence. It's kind of hard for people to get out of their own minds. And what you're doing through, through camera is suggesting that we not only look at the two people involved, your father and you, but also mm -hmm. the family system that you're in and just start raising questions about how that system may have influenced what I would call a telepathic-like communication. Right, uh, absolutely, because I think a, a great deal, the problem of being in the the areas of Fortiana and anomalies in general is that there's an awful lot of stuff that is uh, camera is not trying to make a a causal explanation of everything uh he's simply trying to make what the inclusive how things work as inclusive systems and how they resonate as inclusive systems whereas the individual transmissions uh could be explained in any number of different ways okay Okay. Um, that when I when I was reading um, some of what you what you wrote what you wrote about uh, camera what you were trying to do some of your own explanations as we started to do here, it mm -hmm. got a little confusing for me because there was a lot of science that camera used that I didn't understand and science that you were using that I didn't understand. So as we go through some of this discussion, it would be very helpful to pick something like um, uh, the, uh, the amazing coincidences of the two soldiers who, that camera described who had the same name and had the same uh, description and in other ways were very similar. Um, in World War One, um, mm -hmm. and try to explain how uh, those how s 
how a series of like five or six similarities. I call it kind of a, a, the word doppelganger is the word I use for people who have the same uh, similarities but are uh, but are not at, at all related to each other. Uh, right. To begin to explain how more than a couple of more than just a pair like you with your father can be explained and part of the reason to wonder about that is uh, to to maybe introduce you to Gary Schwartz uh, are you familiar with his work uh, uh no i'm not he's just come out with a book called super synchronicity uh, mm-hmm. and they involve a series of more than 6 or 8 um mm-hmm. Coincidences, and I'm talking with a person who has had maybe a thousand, uh, a, a series of a thousand monkeys uh, showing up in various symbolic forms in her mind. So this is seriality uh, on um, on steroids. Uh, this this is going really further than what uh, Camerer did, and so bringing in some of Camerer's ideas to apply to long sequences would be very very interesting and helpful to us. Well, one of the things that that, that is a, is problematical, and this is where we, where I had to sort of go ahead. In fact, even beyond what Bob Schmidt was willing to go along with in trying to uh, extend Cameron's uh, approach, uh, is when you get to the kind of uh, oddly temporal series that you know the simultaneities that seem unconnected uh, that. Are one of the main features of coincidence and seriality in general, uh, uh, of which Sheldrake uh, mentions many. I mean, one of the really good examples Sheldrake puts forth is the uh, the uh, tits, the birds in England, who in one area learned a song, and and in another area, completely un, untouched, learned that same song no way they could have wound up with that same song. That song was in the air somehow. Yeah. Uh, the same, same thing with uh, people, be, if, you, if, if certain sets of people will learn something in New York, a second set of people can learn the same thing faster in L.A. Uh, in other words, there's a larger uh, context in the atmosphere uh, that can be either looked at as a just a thing itself or a series of interconnections that would be able to cause it. Uh, a good example is that, you know, when somebody invents something, somebody else invents the same thing down the line, and only one of them gets the money for it. Right. You know, in fact, I mean, how many people uh, invented the telephone, you know, and only Alexander Graham Bell got the money. Right. Uh, same time then, the concertina was invented by several people at the same time. And only uh, uh, Wheatstone got the got the credit, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, there, there's a there's a slightly uh, interesting distinction between simultaneous discoveries mm-hmm. and ease by which another group learns a song developed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. I th- think they're related. I think they're related. But one is the the birds learn a song, and the other bir- and the birds someplace else pick it up faster so right. it increases their capacity to learn the simultaneous simultaneous discoveries uh, which include the telephone and calculus and numerous other things uh, look like they happened at around the same time and weren't that influenced by each other the way the bird the second group of birds might have been influenced by the first no the first the the first of all they weren't discoveries they were inventions they people made it up and the same with the songs they made up the song uh, and therefore whether they were making it up, whether the creative process is part of that, which they were picking up this kind of pattern, and somebody else 500 miles away picked up the same pattern because it was evolving in the atmosphere. Uh, it could be for reasons that the, that might be step-down reasons from the atmosphere literally itself well, give, give, give you an example give you an example very quick we're giving we're near the end of this segment and mm-hmm. the atmosphere i call the psychosphere it's our mm-hmm. mental atmosphere and maybe we can get mm-hmm. into some of that too in our next and final segment very good okay Thank you. sure mm-hmm.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to CC with BB, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of synchronicity and today, seriality, a subset of coincidences brought to us by Paul Kammerer and discussed by John Townley, our guest today. We're talking about simultaneous discoveries, uh, which John has just corrected me to say inventions, 
Um, and that's a fun dis- difficulty to get into, a definition to get into, and that somehow we are existing in an atmosphere, which I call the psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, in which ideas and energy uh, are exchanged between us and the atmosphere, and through us, that atmosphere influences other people, and we influence other people through it. Totally so, agree. Totally agree with that whole concept, yeah. and I think a camera would have as well, although he didn't put it that way, mainly because where the biological meet the physical uh, is that biologically you're geared to notice things that are really strong coincidences. Uh, you don't notice if it's, a, if it's a half coincidence. If you met someone with only half your name, it wouldn't seem weird. Or maybe you met someone that had your middle name and your first name, and you wouldn't think it's weird. But you see all three, and then it's weird that your horizon of of what's important has been breached at that point, <laughs> and you and you notice it. And that's what. And at that point, we start calling it a coincidence. But Cameron has been calling it a series that's been buried all along anyway. Uh-huh. And when it gets, it rises to the level of our notice. Oh, we call that a. So both we are inputting to it. Uh, because we're noticing it, and the background uh, structure of whatever, you know, which can be simple sound structure or wave structure in the atmosphere. Uh, the good example I was going to give you earlier, because uh, he often, he, he used a couple examples of the whole uh, part of noticing tunes and noticing notes and pitches, uh, which you often find, you know, I mean, we have... Uh, 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 not only do you have people get radio through their teeth, you you, you will often find that you are humming a, tune, a, a song, turn on the radio, and there it is, at the very phrase that you were singing at that yes. point. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, or, uh, well, that's a common uh, coincidence, uh, yes. the, uh, another one in that same thing that you can actually find a cause for if you only knew it uh, is, uh, is, is the pitch. Now, uh, I'm... Uh, humming along, you know, brushing my teeth uh, with my electric toothbrush, right? And I turn on NPR, and there's a song going on, and I say, wow, that's in the same, the hum from my (laughs) toothbrush is the same key as that song. (laughs) And how could that be? Uh, Is that a total coincidence? Well, Sort of, because there's only so many overtones available in, in, in a set of 12 tones, but also because that toothbrush happens to be in tune to B-flat. And why is that in tune to B-flat? Because that's the cycles per second that the electricity is tuned to, 120 hertz. And therefore, B-flat is resonant all over the place, and you're always running across B-flats. That would seem coincidental, but in fact, you're actually picking it up. Uh, so when you suddenly see two B-flats come at you out of the air, they're not coincidental. They're part of a substructure that you just didn't see were there. And that was one of the, you know, and that's one of Cameron's real points. He says the substructure is always there, and you only notice it sometimes when it peaks. I look at, uh, I look at that uh, B-flat as a base rate. And that whenever you look at a coincidence, you need to be able to define the base rate of the two elements or more that are involved I complete, with the coincidence. I completely concur. What you're looking at is basically overtone series. Uh, yes. And, yeah, uh, yes. And, 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 and that allows you to connect all of this stuff with natural overtone series that could be what's uniting them, the overtone series of, the, of simple tidal fluctuations. Uh, which have been there for a long time, and they're resonating even if that tide isn't happening at the moment. You're still in that, even though that's a very low pitch, the overtone series is going right up to your your level, your bandwidth uh, right now. You know? uh, and are therefore, you, are, those... Are you then saying to translate this into terms at least maybe simpler, is that Cameron and, and you are trying to make sure we understand the base rates of the events that we're comparing the coincidences by? Yeah, I think so. And this is one of the, the, the re- reasons you know I've been trying to integrate it into astrology because uh, it's, uh, the real baseline of astrology is the frequency rates that you that that the or gravitational variation from uh, the tidal effects of sun moon and the planets and those are regular 
pitches that are happening at a much lower. They're they're, they're the bottom of the band. They're they're the bass sub bass woofers. Boom, but boom, the, boom, yeah, boom. but okay. but that but that frequency is reflected in overtones that goes all the way up to beyond our hearing pitch above. Uh, and on each bandwidth, whether it's light or sound uh, or beat, uh, rhythm itself, everything reflects itself and by octaves. In other words, if you take a, a beat, a tap, 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 that's that's 60 beats per second, and you double that, you know, four times by by octave, and suddenly you get a note. Yeah. It's not a beat. Not a beat yeah. anymore. It's a note. Yeah. You double that electromagnetically up until you reach the several you know, million uh, uh, times a second, and you have light, and the light has the same sets of bandwidths. You know, so what you're seeing is uh, depending on what particular scale well. you're you're Very operating good. at, you have these basically cross-reflecting. Yeah. background uh resonances and that's really? what yeah. ties them all together now you're 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 bringing up indirectly the schumann resonance have you gotten into that yeah that's one of them uh, no, i mean there, there's a the, the the problem is that problem of resonances in general coming from the originally coming from the sound and recording industry uh, uh is that uh there are so many variations one of the reasons that uh the people had problems with connecting the moon with the tides because although it's yeah the tide goes up and the tide goes down according to the moon it uh, you know down that here at Seacliff and and Long Island you go down to the tip of Long Island it's 12 hours difference so hey that can't be connected because there are different things well what they're connected by is the fact that you, that water has to roll down the Long Island Sound in order to get to you and it takes 12 hours. Uh, so those are the kind of things that are interfering with the basic uh, sound or you know wave generators, uh, and the same with the, uh, the places they may cancel each other out. You go to the South Pacific, and, and that big ocean ought to have gigantic tides, but you're out in Tahiti, and there is no tide. So you're How still come? in the, you're still in the music business when you got into astrology, aren't you? Oh yeah, I was. You bet. I mean, you, uh, you're still using ideas from music. Uh, yes, you, and I still am. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, it looks like. You're you're yeah. talking about uh, waveforms and how uh, they reproduce each other and how they cross with each other and then reinforce each other. And somehow, uh, in our in our last uh, four minutes or so, um, how how is seriality related to astrology? Uh, I think that they're both based on a fundamental set of structures uh, that you only notice. As in a, you know, you you notice the qualities people have, or the events that seem to happen when Mars goes over the ascendant, or you know, Mars is rising, or or the moon is full, and you say, oh, well, I really noticed that. And the rest of the time, you're not really noticing it. Uh, that's seriality. The rest of the time, it's still the structure is still going underneath, but it hasn't reached your horizon of notice uh, to uh, that uh, makes it uh, uh, seem important enough for you to to say, oh, there's something there, uh, and and that makes it extremely difficult to test it uh, statistically because it's not about statistics. It's about a given observation at a given spot. Uh, and that varies. I mean, if you wanted to do a, a, a statistical thing on tides, you couldn't prove the moon caused the tides. Uh, and that's the the problem of people who try to test astrology statistically, because you're looking at the the actual substructure in an actual place in an actual time. Uh, and unless you view that by itself, you're not going to get any results. Uh, and but as an organism, that's how we view it. So we notice this stuff. Or as you start mathematizing it and stretching it out like an insurance company, and you don't notice what's actually happening to you at the time. Uh, and so. there's, a, there, there's a subjective element to all of this. There uh, absolutely is. Uh, and, and, but, and, but, but you know what Cameron was trying to say is that there's an, a subjective element that makes you notice the other element that people deny, people say, well, oh, well it's, it's not, it's just subjective. And that's most debunkers will tell you, oh, it's really just your mind that's doing it. And yes, your mind is finally noticing it when it gets that specific. You know, otherwise your mind was missing it because it was there all along. Yeah. And that's Cameron's point, that, it, that, that there is a lawful structure going on that people are noticing uh, when they start noticing the series that come close enough for them to see. So there it is, you know. 
So there is an external reality separate from our subjective experience. Comple- completely, yeah. We we overlay our sub our sub- subjectivity uh, because you know that's how we survive. You know, uh, is is to to notice the things that are relevant to us or that could be relevant to us. You know, and we check it out. And we say no, it's not relevant, but it, but it has to get to a certain threshold for us to. To invade, consci- yeah, to invade our consciousness, yeah, to invade our consciousness enough because we don't have time to see the whole structure all the time. Well, we're getting yeah. near the end, but your your view of it is that of all this is that there is an external reality separate from our subjective experience of it. Ab- absolutely, and that was Cameron's. And that's what yeah. I. That's what my original one is, and that's why I love Paul Cameron because uh. that that was he he was taking it from there, and it's not denying that the, that you have your own. Uh, interpretations yeah. of it, uh, but that uh, it's not, you're not making it all up, you know, you're just and, noticing and it. And it's not even created by you either, it's just exactly. noticed by you. That's right, you know, and and that makes everything natural. That makes it all natural. That is Completely. very different, that is very different from Carl Jung, for sure. Exactly, well, and that's why I'm not... That's yeah. why you're not a Jungian. <laughs> That's you. why I'm not a Jungian. A lot of astrologers are, and they don't really know what they're talking about. Uh, uh, but at any rate, uh, you can see there's a lot more. There's another thing, we, we which have, is we, that... We, we have to end here, John. I'm sorry. So thank you very much for being on the program with me. 